0: Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids, to our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going.
1: This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. And in every episode, we will consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. And we'll ask you to share your breadwinning story. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute
0: and I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She's an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. Well, today, we're not at work so much that we're in our own heads again. are we always in our own heads, baby?
1: <laughs> I think so.
0: I think that's really quite true. And we're talking about a concept that, uh geez, I feel like it's it's from the book Gail Sheehy's book passages, which I feel like, like has followed me through my life. Like it's always been there, and it was seminal when it came out, and I think it influences a lot of discussions around just, just how we we view our lives. And one thing we're talking about today is her concept of the deadline decade, which is supposedly between ages thirty five and forty five when you feel a sudden time squeeze. You start to feel the signs of physical decay. You start to feel like, hey, you know, a time is not, you know, infinite. And uh, boy, I better get stuff done. I think that's how I define it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think we, as ambitious women and, and men, but we have these expectations around what we're going to accomplish by what point in life. And I think what's interesting is when she, he wrote this, which was 1970 something, 1976. Yeah. You know, she, she, it was a different time, right? We were, people were right. having kids statistically. There was a young people were becoming parents younger, more yep. younger, more younger. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and then they were focused on careers. So she, you know, she talked about the 30s and 40s in a very kind of prescriptive way. And and what she he did really well was like the, these sort of qualitative interviews with people, sort of following people's lives and trying to understand why did they get married when they did, why did they pursue careers the way they did, why? And so this is kind of coming out of that research, um, which is not again not the stats we usually we usually offer, yeah. it, but but this kind of wide range of, of experiences that she documented and sort of organized into themes. And I think that there were 115 of them. So that's interesting.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So I think, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting to think about what, what, are the expectations that we have for ourselves now at different points in our life and career can we say there's the same kind of deadline decade right or are we running on a timetable the way that that we used yeah. to and and what is it what does it mean if we're not i mean i what do you, do you think that we have a, that we're we've got a like a pretty clear timetable at this point for women's no. career development
0: no i i think the fact that she wrote this in the mid 70s makes me think that that is a moment when Working mothers, professional, predominantly white, uh, because we always, it's a good thing to keep in mind who we're talking about there. But there was this huge influx Mm -hmm. of professional women into the workforce. So she was writing at a moment where these conversations were really changing for uh, predominantly white women, because more often than not, black women were working mothers all the time. Mm. But so that there was a big change happening for white women. And that, you know, you mix that, the rise of the professional uh, woman as a working mother with the birth age, the age you are when you gave birth is still pretty low. Uh-huh. I feel like those are two factors when you try to solve for X. Uh-huh. But now the age of your first baby, your age as a mother goes up, boy, I'm, I'm being very unclear. But as we become older working mothers, uh-huh. I think it shifts. And thus, I don't know if the parameters are as Firm. It, like if you're having your first baby in your late thirties, you're a very different person than if you had your first baby at twenty-five. Yeah. And are working. And and we know that there are impacts uh, not to go down that rabbit hole, but on how your your ability to move up in your career and your salary levels and all that sort of jazz the later you wait to have your baby, but all of which should tie it back to passages in the deadline decade. I just when When you come out of college and there's this expectation you'll be married and have your first baby by 25, and I think those expectations were very strong, then I think the further parameters, that next 10 years, 10 years later, there's a very strong parameter. I just, I don't know. I don't feel it myself. So that's my very long answer.
1: I mean, I think it's interesting to think about all of these books that relate to specifically women's identity around professional and personal change. And like, what, you know, how can anybody really hit the nail on the head there? We right. Kind of like, well, it sort of looks like this. But there was somebody um, in 1990, Mary Catherine Bateson followed five women and through divorce, through job change, through job loss, through all these different things. And she's she wrote a book called Composing a Life, which I think to me feels a little bit more spot on, which is, you know, we have these expectations of ourselves around these different decades and what we should accomplish by when. And I think on Facebook, you know, I was thinking about, I was looking through Facebook the other day and I was thinking about looking through the friends that I amassed over the years. And I was like, and I remember like one of them, I met in the first year of grad school. She was just out of college. I was not. I had I had a little break, but she was just out of college and so and young and 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 like new to everything. And then I saw. I like went by her Facebook page, and she's like got these big kids now, and she's a grown up. And you like, I think you just yeah. see, You see these different decades play themselves out on social media at this point, point. and it seems like there is like, you know, people. St- because we have these online personas, I think it does seem to fit this kind of deadline decade idea, right? That there are certain decades that we focus on, you know, here I am at my graduation, here I am from grad school, here I am with my first baby, here I am like with my, you know, with the, on my, on the job that I really, like. so I think, you know, I think we see those kind of divisions online, but I think when you, when you look at, when you think about something like composing a life, when you think about something where like people just go in and out of, of different experiences and different phases and it, it's just so not linear.
0: Yes. Yes. Cause I definitely feel that, you know, I totally admit to, you know, envy, like somebody has more of something you thought you wanted Mm -hmm. or definitely there was definitely that, that deadline pressure when, I wanted to have babies. I mean, you feel that yeah. biological deadline is there. And, um, you know, do do you have the partner you want to do it with? Are you going to do it with a partner? You know, and right. all those decisions that are big at that moment. And I think as as life markers, I, I think, I don't know that I put them all together as a timed decade life stage, but I think part of that is because that timed decade is actually now like 30 years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, right? Like we're always going to be working. It's never going to end. Right. It's something where, especially considering that we're probably all going to be working a very long time, Yeah, that when she was writing in the seventies, it might have still, and I'm making a, you know, an assumption there, but it might've been still the assumption that uh, you'd work, then you get to a certain point and you're the manager, and then you can cruise into retirement and you're retired. You know, I just right. don't think that Especially now with the, what's happening with the economy, it's it only keeps adding more stones to the pot that right. you know that we are going to have to keep you know trying to hold that pot up before it all spills over and we're
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, does it? What I'm sort of trying to figure out is like, how does it serve us as as ambitious career women with families? Like, how does it serve us to kind of think there's a timetable? Like, I wonder, Ooh. you know, like what what it's a super coachy question, but, you know, do we, is it just another way that we're putting pressure on ourselves? Oh, yeah. And just, like another, <laughs> yeah. I mean, right, but but why? Like, I I think, you know, I mean, it it,
0: it makes me think uh, about- Because we're very good girls, because <laughs> we've been, because we were brought up in an era, as we were discussing about music choices earlier today, yeah. you are a little younger than I am. And so, but we still come up with the age of, and this is a fascination that I have of being. There was a reawakening, especially in the seventies when I was a kid, of like girls can do it. Right. And there was a lot, you know. My my husband, who's the exact same age as I am, um, will you know say that it's like everything in the seventies was like you know wah wah to the boy. <laughs> it was always the girl that won, and and oh, um yeah, and and it's you see it today and awesome, great. You know, girls can do it. Girls can do it. And then I always wonder. It, then it becomes a language at some point when you're in your career. you start out then it's all about you need to take more room at the table. You need to learn how to negotiate. It's this whole like mindset that we are somehow uh struggling in being the best, but we were told up and through like I don't know till we were eighteen that we were great and girl power and all <laughs> anyways, I think part of that girl power or whatnot then is well and then you'll do great in college and then you're going to get the job and you're going to do all these great things and so when life becomes way more complicated cuz who hasn't stepped off the college you they hand you your degree and then you're like now what it's like the people mover and you're like you're stopped and and now you have to figure it out there's no there's no conveyor belt that you're on and i i think that's i mean imagine that you've spent like 22 years of your life achieving on a linear line, and then all of a sudden the line breaks apart. That's my metaphor right here. <laughs> I think that's what makes it hard to put it all together. So yes, you come off the, the the people mover of the linear life right through college, and then all of a sudden you're standing with your diploma, and it's it's no longer linear.
1: Right. Right, I I just what I what I am so curious about is again why do we think why do we tell ourselves it's linear? What's the point? Like this researcher Philip Moen, Philip. Her name's Phyllis. Sorry, Phyllis. (laughs) She wrote a book called The Career Mystique, and it's it's basically, you know, she she says. What's crazy is that Americans, both men and women, continue to embrace the myth that hard work, long hours, and continuous employment pay off, even though it's out of date. Oh my God!
0: Yes, right.
1: So her research—it's is is really—I've heard her speak. She's really interesting, but you know, it's this idea that we, you know, but that we need to show sort of the cracks in the system in order to be to be clear on what we should expect from each other and ourselves. And I think, you know, I think it's so interesting. I had. I think I mentioned this before, but I'm gonna tell the story differently, so maybe people. <laughs> but I you know, when I coached when I coached parents new parents in a, you know, after they came back to work, and as I think I said before, I mean what I would see is ninety percent of the time the people having the hardest time had women of a different generation as their boss and felt like, yeah, you know, felt like they. You know that this generation, this new generation with parental leave and all this stuff, was like living the high life, and they had to, you know, walk to school in the snow with the baby. I don't know, like <laughs> yeah. you
0: know, uphill both ways. Yes,
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think, and so, and this, you know, the new mom said to me, like, I don't want to make all the choices that my boss. Made my boss is divorced and she's like, she seems mm-hmm. tired and she had to take a break from the workforce and now she's back. And it's like, are we looking at previous generations that way? Like with that kind of like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to make those, like choose your own adventure right. steps. I did that actually when I started, this is what's coming up for me. When I started doing this, working with, with parents and moms on the transition to parenthood specifically. I mean, I knew a lot about organizational culture. I knew a lot about policies, but I think this idea that as a new mom, I understood a lot of of the experience. Of reality, yeah. New parenthood is kind of, it's kind of crazy to me. And I think, you know, I so I did early on in my coaching practice, I did, I was doing a lot of career coaching for moms and I had this webinar called, like it was like, choose your own, adventure kind of thing mm-hmm. or like, what did i call it i don't know something like that <laughs> but it was like this idea that you could make these choices and then you know and if you think about you know if you if you with the right framework like if you think about it you basically can like choose which door to go to and it's going to lead you to the next thing right and so like right. this woman who just had a baby was like i i don't like the adventure she chose <laughs> so i'm not going <laughs> that way i'm choosing a different door and it's like I don't know that you get to choose a different door.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I think that, that one of the things that it, it's funny to think, cause in, in my brain will say, you know, like, well, you can make any path you want. You know, you can, uh-huh. you can, you can make it work for you. Why can't you? Why do I have to be, you know, you hear the conversations that are people are having with the, the, the next generation who is out there protesting right now about what they're asking for. And there's been some interesting essays about, well, that's not true liberalism or you're going to hurt the liberal cause. And I think, oh, old man, step aside. <laughs> and I feel the same way with this, with, with this, like you can change, but then your your heart will go, oh, will ache for something that either is gendered or society has put into your head that this is the this is what is right. Your family, you know, like I'm a single mom and I I am very happy being a single mom and you show up at the family event and somehow you feel Pressure because you didn't bring a partner with you, you know whatever those scenarios are that right. you walk into, or there's a job ahead of you, you know above you, and that you get approached to apply for it, and you think, nah, I don't, um, I'm, I'm good, and but then you think, oh, geez, you know, like I'll never, whatever, and which that's been a whole thing with, um, the career lattice. I was versus, just thinking you know, about career
1: lattice. Right. I, I feel like why. I mean, it's a great book. Go ahead. You can talk about it. Yeah. Oh, no.
0: But, uh, well, go right ahead. And that, you know, what I always took, a, took away from that, that, you know, do we have to think about careers as ladders? That's a really like, you know, manly way of thinking about things. We always achieve the next step. Can we think about ways that are different? And, but the trick to all that in my mind is that you're not stigmatized. And if, because I think that's very real, is that, you know, it's, it's certain choices, will have impact and some of them they shouldn't have impact like if you de- if you decide not to have kids and then you decide at 48 nows the time you know it's a choice you know it's a it's you're going to have problems and it shouldn't be that way at work if you decide not to go up to the next level or whatever and then you know 5 years later you think i'm ready right. but too often in workplaces then it's like well you're the one who didn't want that and it, like you know, right. it's it's hard to reset and all that. So then it flips the whole des- deadline decade question to should we? We're thinking it it doesn't really exist, but in my mind, because I think it's it's a deadline three decades. But yeah. that maybe you should like if you want to achieve this stuff, you better get moving on it. Like it's you know she's right, right and and we're the idiots who are dragging our feet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think that, I think there's that pressure, right? I think what's interesting about Career Lattice, and I love Anne Weisberg, and I think yes. I think it's a great book, but it didn't, I haven't seen it, like I, I see it all over my workplace, but I just, I don't hear people talking about Career Lattice so much. And I just wonder, like, I feel like that's such an important concept, but we still yeah. just think about, you know, about moving up and up and up. And I think, you know, first of all, our workplaces are kind of reinforcing that in some ways. So, you know, I work in a workplace where there's different grade levels for, hey, and like, you can't do X if you don't have Y grade level. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, if you don't move forward, you there's like real consequences that, you know, that impact yeah. your professional development, that impact your you know your ability to to get to a different income bracket. So I, I think it's I mean we're certainly reinforced that we can't kind of piece together different make our come in and out of the workforce in ways that that are less conventional. Although I think right. I don't have in a way I mean I think we do do it, but we just don't talk about it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think how many times I think nowadays um, we're all getting laid off all the sure, time. That's happening and. Yeah. And I don't, I think in the 70s, I remember being a kid and downsizing. I remember the rise of that phrase. And it was, I grew up in a, I hope they don't still call it the Rust Belt, but where the car manufacturing was and the steel manufacturing was. And they would come through and they would downsize. Well, nowadays it's, it can come, it it was, they do it right before the end of the year or right before Uh the fiscal year and all that. And even, even like 20 years ago, had realized that that was the case that was happening all over the place, like in publishing and advertising that, um, it's either they would lose a client and lay people off or you do it on the fiscal, you know, for a quarter and you clean up the books and all that. Nowadays it, it seems to happen like every day, you know? And, and that in the seventies, it was much more, it it was also way more union uh, representation in the seventies. So, you know, it just was, a bigger deal i guess And so and so my point being that again the situation was different in 19 mid 1970s than now where even our jobs are fluid you know yeah to your point at putting in i i saw a reference to someone on um, actually talking about our episode on resilience and she was mm-hmm. talking about kind of realizing that if she puts in 400 percent of her time and commitment to a job and she realizes she's not getting 400 percent of the commitment back yeah and so and finding part of being resilient is also knowing how much of yourself to give where the limit is right so I don't know I think um I also did there you go another thing about the mid-70s is that um, we didn't have email and texting
1: right right, right. I mean I think I, you know, and I think we, we certainly do now. We have the twenty four seven work culture. We've got, you know, we've got things beeping and emails coming through at all times. I mean, I think it's just a different. It's hard to compare to incredibly different times. Um, yeah. With regards to what does it mean to be committed to a job? I mean, I think my mom, and we are going to talk about talk to our moms at some point, right? At some
0: <laughs> point, we'll get our act together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, we well, But you know, she. For her, I, like when I was younger, and I'm and I know before in her career, you know, she just you stayed for the meetings, you stayed late, like it really was FaceTime. There wasn't, there yeah. wasn't another way of. It wasn't even proving yourself. It was just like we're you're not going to take the work home, really. Like I just it yeah. felt like it was a very different way of of moving
0: up. Well, so tell me, do you think? Are you in the, do you feel like you're under a deadline right now? Yes. You do. Okay.
1: I do. I do. I mean, I think, you know, I I honestly think I always have. And it's something like I really wanted to graduate college the year. Like I really didn't want to take a year off because like I didn't want to graduate college a year later.
0: Late, right. You know,
1: and then like, was the dumbest thing in the world. And, you know, and then I think I had a very clear timeline of when I wanted to have kids because of health issues in my family. And, you know, was it, was it necessary? Was it realistic, you know, to really like factor that in? And I I don't know, but I definitely thought about that. I definitely wanted, you know, certain kind of career level in my life. So like, I think But you know, I'm working against it because I think what I've learned very well is that just nothing is linear and it is about kind of a collage of a life that like hopefully you end up with like the right pictures (laughs) in the right places. Right, Um, nice. But I think, you know, I I, I still think it's a challenge. Like I definitely, the the deadline.
0: You feel it, you do. And
1: it's interesting. You know, I had a work situation where I was working with somebody on a business and she was 10 years older than me at the time and her well still 10 years older than me um, <laughs> but it, she, we were 10 years apart she you know she had a career that was really up and running mine was coming up and she really wanted to work on this business and there did seem to be the difference was for me it was like well I'm coming up and like this could be something that I do or it could be kind of like a notch in the lattice. Is that a thing? I don't feel yeah. like a step on the path, right? But I didn't feel like it was my last opportunity. And and there right. was peace. You know, this wasn't the first business this person had started. She had started several, and it was like there was an urgency about like, no, 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 right now I'm not going to do another thing. This is like this yeah. is my time. So I I definitely have run into that, not just in myself, but in other people. And I wonder, you know, but I have, I certainly have friends who have like, you know, who were 10, 15 years older than that woman that I worked with, jumped into a startup and, you know, and a business and got it off the ground. So I feel like we just have these expectations of how and what our lives should be like. And it's kind of about how do you push back? against those um and kind of recognize that like you just have to put one foot in front of the other right and you know and if you kind of look around and try to see where everyone else is it's not gonna help you and it's sad that like it's sad to think about how facebook and how social media has played into you know, to how we see this playing out, because it could not be, we couldn't be in a time of fewer, like linear, <laughs> like there's nothing linear right now. Right. Everything is bananas. And I think, but you know, again, when you look at social media, I think you do see a certain degree of, of, you know, fake one- deadlines. Fake They're deadlines. fake. You know, so I think fake booking, right? I think that's yeah. a super concept, but related and that, like, you know we don't really show what's actually going on and i think that i think that kind of makes us think there's something else we should be doing <laughs> you know there's the fomo of facebook yeah
0: for sure well i would love to hear if any of our listeners feel that they're on the deadline and what the pandemic has done to the deadline that if is they a ever have
1: question that i didn't feel like we could answer today but i think we yeah. should revisit
0: it yeah for sure well, so thank you so much for joining us on The Breadwinners. We've come to the deadline. And so you'll find links to what we discussed today in the episode description wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit us anytime on Breadwinnerspodcast.com to ask a question, offer feedback, share your story. How are you making it work? We'd love to know.
1: Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. Let us know what you think about The Breadwinners. Help us tell the stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling.